It was a brick by brick and a stone by stone. It wasn't done alone. Spirit is the. Welcome, 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 welcome. You are listening to Menstruction. You a fucking muscle in the place. I'm King Kong. I white girls that come to see my face. To so all you rappers, I'm having a sell hat rack. Did you carry around so much cat? Uh. You'll get lost. I will not. I'm my own boss. Worship your dogs, not a god. They go to heaven. They're secure to spot. You are now tuning into an episode of No No No. I am Black Velvet, and welcome to Notable Quotables, the place where we take the boldest, baddest bangers and break them down to build you up. Today, we are dealing with our great uncle Andre Benjamin's all-time classic, Hey Ya, from his final 2003 album, Speaker Box, The Love Below, with his dynamically dubious dog, Big Boy. Hey Ya was the last deceptively joyful record produced by a black man with an affinity for eccentric colorful outfits to go platinum since Lil Nas X's Montero and today we are deducing the lessons from Uncle Three Stacks the same way we wish our uncles would teach us about love and relationships. So without further ado, let's get after it. Now, Hey Ya is a track based on a relationship, presumably one that Three Stacks was in, I don't know. I've always loved the track because it's riddled with so much grime and so much instability and insecurity, but it is properly brushed over with a nice film of silver flake paint. You know, it just hits the sun a certain way and it shines so bright. From a listening perspective, so many people love this song because of its upbeat nature and how the beat moves quickly. But when you really listen to the lyrics and the story behind the track, you realize that it is actually a tale of trials and tribulations and a relationship that might be on its way to a breakup. From the beginning, when Three Stacks says, What does she really want up? I can't stand to see me walk out the door. We start off with already this tension. Do I really need to be here? Is this really what we want to do? As he's saying, because she loves me so, I know for sure. And then that immediately is backpedaled by him saying, but does she really want to? She can't stand to see me walk out the door. Is it really about love? Are we really unified? Do we really trust each other? Or are you just sticking around because you're worried? about me leaving you because you can't stand to be alone and then that is further expounded upon the next line where he says don't try to fight the feeling because the thought alone is killing me right now the thought alone is killing me right now but then it goes back to the positive thank god for mom and dad for sticking to Thank God for mom and dad for sticking two together because we don't know how. A very short first verse, just eight bars, but truly given a lot of depth right then and there. And I think a lot of guys especially 
can relate to being in a relationship. Knowing that you probably should leave, knowing that there is a level of toxicity, maybe there's some abuse, maybe there's consistent arguments and tension. Maybe you're just incompatible. Maybe it was really just about the sex and you didn't want to be around that long. But because you want to spare that other person's feelings and possibly the turmoil that you yourself would feel, you stick it out. You push forward into something that you know in the back of your mind at any day could be the end. You walk that line of treachery. To have that level of depth conveyed and just eight bars at the beginning of a song that's hitting you with that and then of course you get the the chorus with the it has a great way of palliating the listener and making you feel as if this is a wonderfully fantastic song then we get to the second verse that really, to me, highlights the complete dynamic of the relationship. If what they say is what makes what makes what makes what makes what makes what makes Oh, that's deep. That's deep. We really can. We just break that down. But separate's always better when there are feelings involved. But they say nothing is forever. Well, I don't know about that, Three Sacks. They say diamonds are forever. Well, maybe if you had bought her some diamonds, you wouldn't be having this term. No, I'm just kidding. They say nothing is forever. So what makes love the exception? And I love it because it's, it's taking a common idiom, nothing is forever, and it's bringing it to something that's more relatable and to a lot of people that would consider trivial. Because you think about love and you kind of just think of love as a long-lasting, possibly everlasting kind of thing. And it can. Love can transcend a lot of things and long durations of time. But it's really easy to produce that as an excuse when you're in a relationship you don't want to be in. And so now you bring up something like nothing is forever, which I don't know if this was intentional or not. As I said earlier, diamonds are forever. And so there's kind of that connection of you get your significant other a diamond to signify your love. It's a gift given out of affection, you know, out of respect and appreciation for your significant other. It represents or is supposed to signify that love and that unity. And of course, the propaganda and marketing that goes behind diamonds is that diamonds are forever. And so to be in this relationship where and it's never clearly stated how deep this relationship is. So if they're just dating, if it's a boyfriend, girlfriend, if they're just talking or if they're married. But to be talking about a relationship where obviously there is some level of commitment, something that would usually be signified with a diamond that could be forever. But then to bring up the antithesis to, to that and say nothing is forever. It's almost like playing with those opposites. And then you're saying nothing is forever. So what makes love the exception? Even something as powerful, as grandiose, as heralded as love, even that is not immune to not being forever. Again, to be juxtaposing those different concepts really further underlies the point. It gets pushed away again in the, in the syrupy vocals of Andre 3000. But then he finishes that verse by saying, are we so in denial when we know we're not happy here? Mm. And then 
just to signify how aware he is and how much of the deceptive curtain is being pulled over the actual message of the song he really finishes the verse by saying y'all don't want to hear me you just want to dance he knows what effect it was going to have he knows how people were probably going to listen to it but for those of us who get behind the lyrics Again, that awareness in the relationship to say, I know we both are aware that this is doomed. The love here is it's malignant. It is riddled with turmoil. We cannot get out of this. We cannot come out of this situation unscathed. Every step we take forward from here together is one step closer to personal destruction. We know that this isn't going to work. So why are we sticking this out? But then to really go with the juxtaposition of the message and the tone of the song, that in itself is a message because there's that juxtaposition of the self-awareness when you know a relationship is just not going to work. You know that it is doomed. You know that it is destined to fall apart. But then you have those moments, those special conversations, those unique outings, the great laughs that you have, the moments where you lift each other up or bust each other's balls. And that's where the highlight comes from that's when you get those those high feelings that dopamine that euphoria that that is the deceptive veil that's pulled over an already malignant relationship the same way that that sound the upbeat percussion and the vocals in the song really covers up the deeper underlying message of hey we need to get out of this we need to get out of this relationship before we both end up in ruin but it's hard to come to that conclusion and have that conversation because the good times, you know, hey, yeah, yeah, we're having a great time, right? And, the, and that's why the hook works so well, too, because in between the verses, it throws you back to that. If we wouldn't even take it a step further, it's not much of a chorus at all. There aren't any words, really. There, there are any serious lyrics. It's just, hey. Yeah, very simple, but it's sung and it's repeated as just to whisk you away to positivity. There's really no substance. Oh my goodness, three stacks. There is no substance in it. The same way there is no substance in the positive side of what you believe this already ruined relationship is gonna give you. There's no substance there. The substance that's in the verses are short bursts of clarity. You have these short bursts of awareness where you realize this relationship is not going to happen. That come through in those moments of joy, of happiness, of connectedness. You have short verses that give you that in the same vein that you have those short bursts of awareness. That's where the real fortification of that relationship is. And it's built on a terrible foundation. And then you get to the hook and it's just, hey, yeah, there's nothing else there two words and it's just sung to you in a way that makes you forget about everything else and that's how you feel in that relationship you just finished having that aggressively nasty argument no you don't want to get to that real conversation where you both have to admit what's really going on after that you have that argument after you unblock that person you get together and you go out on a nice date and you laugh and you have a great time that's the hey yeah part of the relationship that's the hey yeah portion 
But right after Hey Ya happens, you go right back to separate's always better when there's feelings involved. They say nothing is forever, then what makes love the exception? You go back to that thought process because it, 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 it's substanceless. It's not sustainable. In the same vein that this song would hold no weight if it was just Hey Ya, because there's no substance there. The substance is in the verses. It is worked in in a way that is all juxtaposed to make the song flow in the same way that a relationship, knowing that our relationships and interactions with each other can be a juxtaposition of many things that are all true at the same time. It can be very true that you have deep, compassionate, real affection for someone and appreciation for who they are and what they stand for and what they have given to your life. And at the same time, know that your connection, your relations are not conducive to a healthy lifestyle. That even those things you really do appreciate pale in comparison to the things that you just can't resolve. It's a learning experience. He brought all of that to us in a four minute track with only two real verses, each about eight bars. And the funny part is, and maybe I might be reaching on this, but the part of the song that most people seem to remember, of course, is the Hey Ya, right? Which is the, the saccharine parts of the relationship, the highlights. But then it's that final portion where the bridge comes in. Not any of the substance in the verses, but the final portion, admittedly or quintessentially Andre 3000, but also arguably are kind of substanceless in regards to the meaning of the song and the actual message behind it. Again, just there to palliate the listeners and to give them something to groove and boogie with, which it succeeded at doing because those are the portions of the song that people remember. But why I might be reaching is I feel like that too also identifies a portion of that kind of a relationship where you put on that front, which you've already acknowledged the front that's being put on by the song, but that portion, the, the bridge at the end, is the front that the two of you in that relationship put out to the public. It's that presentation of a relationship that is all well and good. This veil of a beautiful relationship. And I feel like the bridge being all of the upbeat, catchy stuff that people are going to hook on to is that part of the relationship. And I, I might be reaching on that. I just been put in there to have a good time. But I feel like even that represents that part of the relationship where you know on the outside you have to present to the people, the, the, the friends, the family, whoever else. You know, give them the things that are going to hook in their mind the same way that People remember that what's colder was was cooler to me and cool ice cold. You present that hey, we're doing great, and you give them something to latch on to, and they do. They latch on to that. What what do you always hear, man? They look so happy together. Who could have guessed that they were going to break up? Hey ya, by Outcast. From their final studio album, Speaker Box, The Love Below, does a great job at teaching us that relationships can be complicated. And at times we are self-aware and know that we are in a relationship that is doomed to fail. 
There are highlights and there are low points. There are moments where we both know better. But we all go through the phase of trying to put on that front that the highlights are the more enjoyable parts. We will present the catchy and the agreeable portions to the public. Know yourself. Know your worth. Thank you, Uncle Three Stacks. Y'all don't want to hear me, you just want to dance. It's been notable, Otis. Peace.